Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. The theology of work. Do we even need to? Do we want to talk about this? It, it seems like a work to me. To talk it about. seems like a lot of work to talk about the theology of work. So this, I'm tired. Yeah, I, I agree. So we're going to dive into this today as we are in the new year. Let's talk about the theology of work. Some people for a New Year's resolution may have said, man, I want to do more in work. I want to be more focused in my work. I want my work to be more meaningful. I've heard that a lot, that I want a more meaningful result of my work. I, or they see no meaning in their work. That happens a lot, too. That's actually really good. I'm glad I thought of that. But nevertheless, uh, it all goes back anytime that we talk about work. I go back to a story that I lived through. <clears throat> And it was during a sober living moment at the sober living house here in Somerset, Somerset sober living. A young man was there and he was upset one night because he had been working and he saw that he was working harder than anybody else around him. And it hurt him. And I mean, this is natural. Everybody's had this had this happen to him. You're working at work. You are the hardest worker there. Everybody else is just out messing around, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Feels like you're carrying the entire load yourself. If you've never experienced that, you're probably the other guy. So uh, he was upset. And I told him, I said, I said, why are you there? Why are you working? And he said, well, obviously, I want to try to develop the relationship and get back with my family. I said, so you have purpose in your work? And he's like, absolutely. I want to, you know, I'm trying to earn money back for my family. I said, I wonder what their purpose is. If they don't really care, they're probably just there going through the motions. And I told him, I said, this week ahead, I said, I'd like for you to do something for me. And he said, what? I said, when you go to work and you see all this other things going on, I want you to, everything that you do, I want you to do it as unto the Lord. Mm. I want you to focus on God. Mm. And I want your thought process to be on God. And as you're sitting there, and he worked at Taco Bell, mm-hmm. he said, I said, as you're putting those tacos together, those burritos together, yep. think about it that you're giving that to the Lord. Yep. And I said, pray over that food as you're serving it out to people. And I said, let your thought be upon God. And I said, all the commotion that's going on around you, I said, don't worry about it because you're working for your family and for the Lord. Well, a week went by. The next week I come in, he was sitting on the couch laughing. And I said, Dustin, what's going on? I said, how was this week? He said, a lot better, <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> so if, so I believe that one of the things of the, the theology of work is if we could grasp this concept that right. we work for the Lord right. and all that we do, whatever that may be, whatever it may look like, mm-hmm. if we do it as unto the Lord, that's going to change our outlook and it's going to change our mindset as we're doing this work. So before I just turn you loose and let you start ripping and rearing, Let's look at 1 Corinthians for just a moment. This beautiful verse comes out of 1 Corinthians, and I think it's so such a gorgeous, a gorgeous, gorgeous verse as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, verse really 31. And here's what the Bible says. Whether 
Therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. No matter what you're doing, do it to the glory of God. That's a hard concept to grasp. Right. And it's easy to get caught up in our daily mundane routines Mm -hmm. that we forget this, that we should be doing this to the glory of God. Number one, God was the one that gave you the ability to get up that morning to go to work. God set a purpose for you to be there at that job to fulfill payments, whatever that may be, the, the, the life that you have. And God, here's the biggest thing, God gave you that job. If you believe that the Lord truly did that, which I do, I believe the Lord places us sure. in situations and in other places like that, that we can be a lot if we will accept that. But then we get back to the theology behind work. Where did this concept come from? What's the theology? What's the background? What's the backdrop? What in the world? Why should we have to work? Oh, what a question. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go there and, and start that conversation. Before I do, Ant, let's, let's think about this. Um, the verse that you just shared yeah. said that whatsoever, mm-hmm. that covers literally everything. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's a taco <laughs> yep. A ditch, yep. a contract, garbage man, garbage, whatever it is yep. that my hand is doing, do it as unto the Lord. Yeah, and and I just want to say this that when when I adopted this mindset in in my work, my work got better because I wasn't working for my boss, I wasn't working for the paycheck. I got a paycheck, thankfully. I wasn't even working for my family. I was, wasn't even working to pay my bills. I was working to glorify the Lord. And when that was my mindset, the product of my work got extremely better. Because when I, when I finished that email, I wanted to say, this is, I want to do this like I'm, like I'm doing it for God. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the the Excel files, the presentations, the <laughs> contract was more thorough, <laughs> the the research and the pro forma was more detailed and more more robust, and there was less errors in my work because I wanted to do it like I was doing it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. Guess what happened, Anthony? I got promoted, hmm. and I got promoted again and again and again, and six, seven, eight promotions later, I'm looking back and I'm saying, wow. It changed my whole trajectory of my career when I'd refocused the why. I used to think that Anthony, that and, and I don't I don't want to dive into this too quickly, but I used to think that work in the world was secular yeah. and not sacred. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that Sunday or Wednesday or the church service, see, I've always been a bivocational, and I hate that word, co-vocational minister. I work in the mm-hmm. workforce mm-hmm. in the marketplace. And I preach and I pastor and lead a church. And so I've always considered the two, previous to this mindset shift, the theology of work, I've always considered the two directly competing with one another and not completing one another. Mm. And and I always had this mindset that when I go to work and I clock in, it's secular. And I'm only working so I can pay my bills and donate some of the money to the ministry. Mm. And then the only good, holy spiritual work was the work that I did uh, on Sunday or when I'm preaching or when I'm serving at the church. And I would separate that. 
But the theology of work doesn't separate or segregate the sacred from the secular. It actually, it changes and it does away with secular and it makes everything that we lay our hand on. If we do it as unto the Lord, it's sacred. The ditch that I'm digging, if I'm digging it as unto the Lord, the ditch digging is sacred. It's an interesting thought. I'm really glad you said it because how many of us are the same way? We separate the two. This is my worship time. This, this is, is my, my work, work time. time. Yep. I like the thought. Work to worship. Work to worship. Man, that's different. That's a see, that's a mindset shift. It is. And I think as we keep talking about this, we've got to keep that in. Let that be in the forefront of our minds that the two do not split mm-hmm. but they cohabitate they're together mm. they're right there together let's you keep going but no. I, I wanted to i wanted to draw that out a little yeah. bit more there because yeah. i'm guilty of that oh, but we all are. how many times well like i go back to the salt mine today back to the grind back into yep. it yep. you know i've had so you like you said you have the sunday christian the wednesday christian wednesday night christian whatever that may be you know that they just this is my time to worship this right. is my time to work but if you flip and you grab a hold of that mindset <laughs> it changes some things you're for worshiping sure. 40 60 hours a week wow that's insane it changes everything oh my goodness yes and then when things go hard at work you receive it a little better because hey, yeah. you're you're not enduring hardness because your coworkers are jerks. You're do you're enduring hardness because you're doing it for the Lord, your own mission. Oh my goodness, your own mission! It changes everything. That is so different than the mindset of the world. I mean, honestly, <laughs> think about that. There's n- <clears throat> there's very few people in the workplace that have that mindset. If you work this way, they will knock your door down for promotions. You will not have to apply for jobs, for promotions. They will beat your door down and chase you down and beg you to do more. And I agree with that because people are going to see you happy in your work. And you're going to be more productive. Productive, happy. My goodness. Any leader, they want to put those people, they want to move them up. They're like, man, I, I love it on performance reviews. When a performance review comes through and you have a top performer, one that has that mindset that yep. is excited, man, no matter what the challenge, they're ready to dive in. They're, they're always so productive and you can just see the fruits of their labor pouring out. And always on these performance reviews, we write this very beautiful statement has the potential for more responsibility. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love yep. the thought. You know, and I don't want my, I have a, I have a lot of people that roll to me in the, in the organization that I serve in. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of people in my roll up, Yeah, but I don't want them working for me. Right. I want them working for God. Oh my goodness. And, and then if they're working for God, I don't want them pleasing me. What if, what I don't if want you, them pleasing God, what if you started out your employee orientation exactly like that? What if all your new employees that came in, you flat out looked at them and said, I don't want you working for me. I want you working for God. I'm going to pay you. Yeah, we're going to pay you. (laughs) But everything that you do, I want you to work for the glory of God. I bet you that there is, there would probably be 99.99999% of employers that never would say anything like that. Mm. Because that's not their mindset. It's a good mindset, though. But it changes everything. It does. And and so, Anthony, let's kind of go myth bust a little bit. Oh. Uh, Let's myth bust. Because myth busting is fun. Yeah. Um, I have always not, not to this point, but a few years ago, I, I, I kind of had this revelation, um, in studying the theology of work. I started listening to a podcast called, 
uh, how to be better at your job. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and then, you know, I started listening to other podcasts about work and mindset and emotional intelligence and just learning about, uh, because work was laborious for me. It was, it was a chore. It was something I wanted to get out. I wanted to retire, you know, so I didn't have to work <laughs> or I wanted to be a full-time minister. So I didn't have to work. But, but I had this whole shift in mindset when I started actually seeking the Bible to find my truth <laughs> instead of seeking what modern ministry has become, mm. instead of seeking what modern industry and, and economics have become over the years. Now the ministry and, and marketplace have, have went down two totally different directions, but you know, if you go back to the first century, and I'm going to go back even farther than that in a second, it, Paul, the Apostle Paul, even Jesus was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. The marketplace and the mission always lived together, yep. always were, 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 were hand in hand. That's right. And and it was a Paul, actually, the, the church that he, one of the churches that he planted, he met the two people. That actually Priscilla and Aquila That's that right. planted the church was mm -hmm. it Corinth? I'm pretty sure it was Corinth. Yeah. They planted the church at Corinth through meeting these people <laughs> on mission. Actually, he was in the marketplace selling tents, and they they were also tent makers. How did he meet? How did Paul meet tent makers? Just walk up to them. What do you do? I'm a tent maker. No, they were actually <laughs> working together. They were coworkers. Yeah. In the city, mm. and and they became planted the great church of Corinth, first and second Corinthians. You can read those today. Anthony just did, and and so funny, funny that the the the, the, the scripture that you just read Isn't out of funny? the church that was planted ah. out of that Corinth church that Paul was writing to, he met those people while working. Yeah. So I used to think that work was punishment. Mm hmm. And, and that um, work was a result of the fall of man in Genesis. You've heard it said, well, bless God, oh, Adam, after he fell and sinned, then he had sweat on his brow and he had to start working. Yep. So I used to think that Adam was laying around eating grapes and just kind of like, you know. <laughs> I guess you know, everybody did. He like, just, he was here comes hey, animals. Yeah. Horse. Cow. Yeah. <laughs> Another great place. Yeah, and the monkeys are bringing him <laughs> berries and fruit, and he's just eating things, and just he's he's having a great vacation. I love it. But Anthony, why don't you read to us? I think you have Genesis one, all the way back to the very beginning. Did God did God have work post or pre fall? This when, was, when did this start? When did work start? It's pre fall, man. Yes, it is. It's pre fall. Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen. Pre fall work. Oh my goodness. Man, that already, that's kind of a myth busted already, but here you go. Second, Genesis 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Well, wait a second. Uh-oh. Mic drop. Uh-oh. Work started before the fall of man. Yeah. What? So, it, yeah. Explain, Neil, <laughs> what that actually means. What does it mean that he was to dress it and to keep it? I think this is what's so cool is to look at the etymology of these beautiful words to actually see what they actually mean. So if we look in here to dress it means to labor, to work, to do, 
to work for another, serve another by labor. And I love this one, to serve God. As he dressed this beautiful garden that the mm. Lord had given him, he was doing it unto the Lord Serving as a God. servant. <laughs> That's crazy. That was the so, original mindset of work. The original yeah. mindset of work. That was the original the, mindset. It was servant. It was you were serving the Lord in your work. He was digging dirt. Yep. He was picking fruit. Yep. He was harvesting the, the garden. He was keeping mm-hmm. weeds away. He was doing this work yep. of the garden. Yep. But it was actually worship to God. Unbelievable. Hmm. That is a mindset shift, and that is a myth broken right there. Now, after the fall, some things changed. It got harder. It got harder. Yeah. Thor- thorns yep. appeared. We yeah. more more weeds appeared. Mm-hmm. It, it got harder for him. Cursed is the ground. Genesis three. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> what what used to be a blessing and a servitude. It then shifted because of sin, yep. and it was looked at as... So uh, so work is harder today very much. because of sin. Yeah. That doesn't mean you quit. No. It you just means work. it got harder. It got harder. So um, so work, Anthony, is, is in that context, worship to God, yeah. service to God, and... You know, and that also refutes another myth that work is the way that we make money so that we can give to the church. Yeah. That's not what work is. Yeah. No. Now, now it's a byproduct of the work mm-hmm. that, we, that we tithe unto the Lord, that we give unto the Lord, but it's not the reason that we work. Yeah. It's a, it's a byproduct. It's something that we do as a, as a result. That's right. So when we become saved... This, I, I, I love to tie this. This is so cool. So, originally, work was a service to serve and to worship God. Okay? Sin comes in. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Work becomes harder. It becomes more intense, more labor-inducive. And this is where, when sin comes in and that Adam mindset comes in, that's when we get into, oh, it's back to the salt mine. It's back to the grind. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I dread going in there so absolutely bad. So how, how, if we look at the theology of work, how is the shift taking place from the mindset of, oh, my goodness, I'm back at the grind to where we can be like the apostle Paul said in Corinth when he said, Everything we do, let's do it unto the Lord. Let's give it back to God. Everything belongs to Him, in Him, through Him, and in Him. How does it shift? How do we get that back to when we get back into that Genesis chapter 2 mindset? I can't sit still. Come on. <laughs> get excited. This is, this is powerful. Yes. Okay, the question I would return, the answer to that question with a question. All right. How did sin get dealt with? Hmm. How was the, the, the cause of the curse? Yeah. How did it get dealt with? So without the shedding of blood, there was no, no remission, remission of sin. sin. So redemption. Has to be redemption. So work, does work have to be redeemed then? We have to be transformed <laughs> I love by it. the renewing yes. of our mind. Yes. So the mind, oh. even though we live in the same world. So true. We deal with the same junk. Yeah. Our spirit, our mind. The way we think about life is different as a believer. Mm. It's it's restored. It's yeah. resurrected. It's redeemed. And so as I have my mindset changes, mm-hmm. the way I look at the world changes, the way I look at sin changes, the way I look at work 
yeah. changes. And so I think that that to answer your question, Anthony, to 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 to, to correct that yeah. is a process of redemption. Yeah. That's crazy, right? So it, it and, and redemption, what does it do? It it transforms the way we think. Paul said it. He said that we were made all all things are made new. He also said that we're we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, the way that we think it shifts. Yep. So the apostle Paul went on to say <coughs> to the Colossians in Colossians chapter three, verse seventeen, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed. Man, he even took it deeper. This is the words you do. I mean, it's like you said before. It's everything. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And here, here's where the mindset shifts back from the grind to all this other stuff. This is where the Genesis 2 mindset comes back. And here's how the Apostle Paul said it. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wow. So redemption. When we come back. When that fallen sin nature is crucified, when the blood covers and the mind is shifted, the thought process is shifted and we put our focus back on God and we realize that these things, that the work that we do and the people that we interact with, that this is a mission field. This is a mission field. Do you think a Taco Bell is a mission field? Absolutely. Do you think a hospital is a mission field? Absolutely. From any job that you can think of, these are mission fields that you can be a light to a lost and a dying world. And who knows when God will give you that opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. So we are to be ready and we are to be excited in our work. Yep. Let me ask you this. Would I ever come up to you, you claim to be a Christian, and you're at work, and you are the sourest guy, you're complaining all the time, would I ever want to come to you and talk to you about anything on this earth? Nope. Yeah, why? Because I'm already in the grubs, in the mully grubs. I sure don't want to be drugged down any deeper. Nope. I want to go, okay, so if we're doing everything as unto the Lord, our work ethic changes, yeah. our work habits change. People see us as excited. There's something different about that guy. The quality of our work changes. Oh, everything changes. And this is going to be an opportunity that people are going to come up and say, man, why are you so excited? Why are you so happy? Don't you know what you're doing? You're doing that same old task over and over and over again, but yet you're happy. Why are you like that? Well, let me tell you about the joy I have, guy. <laughs> yes, yes. Because, you know, when we're doing things for other people, it can be laborious. Sure. When we're doing things and we know that we're doing it for the Lord. Mm. And and just as I sing on, on you know in the choir on Sunday, mm. if I put that same heart into hey, this this Excel file that I'm creating yeah. tomorrow morning is gonna be for the Lord. Yeah. It changes it. And and you know, am I sitting there with a smile on my face every day? Throughout the whole day, no. Sometimes, even in serving God, it gets tough. It gets hard. Oh, absolutely. But the, but the difference is when I'm doing it. Okay, and and we live in this season in, in this this modern world that we live in right now. There's more job hopping and changing, and I'm not knocking that. No. But but when you're doing when you're doing something for men, it's easy to quit. Yeah. Because you're doing it for men. Yeah. And you have another option, and you just switch because that one looks easier than the other one. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing something for the Lord, you're not doing it for men. You're doing it for mission, and it's not so easy just to lay it down and quit because 
you're you're committed to the mission. You're committed to following through. You're committed to doing excellent work, and 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 you're you're less likely to give up. You're less likely just to half do it. You're less likely to uh, to even make mistakes uh, because. But you will. Yeah. But when you do, you will even view the mistakes differently than you did before. As you were speaking, my mind went back to a few weeks ago. We did a podcast with Zach McGeorge. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties together to this yeah, is that right. entitlement mindset. Yeah, ref really does it. Yeah. I see that, I see that these two yeah. really run hand in hand mm-hmm. because with that entitlement mindset, we're in the same boat as that worldly mindset to where it's something is owed to me yeah. instead of me actually serving the Lord in what I'm doing. Man. And so that's something. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to that and look at the similarities between these two great conversations today. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, one of the one of the other um, pieces of this this conversation I wanted to bring up is another myth buster. Right. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. I, I used to think and I'm not pro- projecting this on everybody else around uh, even listeners, but I'm saying if I thought it, probably somebody else did, too, that. The ministerial callings, oh, the pastor, the full-time pastor, the worship leader, the blah, blah, mm. blah, whatever that is, yeah. fill in the blank, is greater, higher, more prestigious spiritually than the other professions such as business, medicine, law, carpentry, garbage, tax collector, whatever that is. But the same premise is still there. But the same premise is still there. And so yeah. so, so I used to think that, that ministerial calling was somehow a hierarchical, more spiritual than the others. Hmm. And, and you're, you're involved in more spiritual things on your day-to-day, probably. Yes, definitely. But, but seen nonetheless. So think about this. Jesus was a carpenter, would have been for about 18 years. Yeah. He had a full career as a carpenter. Sure, yeah. Before he you know, started. Mm-hmm. But he was in ministry the whole time. Yep. To see that to say that Jesus wasn't spiritual until he was thirty would yep. be a farce, and then you know uh, Paul we said was a tent maker this and that, but we find ourselves in a position in the world that we're in today, where our politicians are corrupt. Oh yeah. Our our business leaders, our attorney. We need Christian attorneys. Yep. More. We need more of them. We need more more people that are involved in leading the 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 government of our nation, yep. states and, and counties, that are believers in Christ. But we've told our kids for decades in the Christ in Christendom, and I'm not projecting this on everybody, but by and large, we've told our children that it's spiritual if you want to be a pastor. It's spiritual if you want to be a worship leader, but if you want to be an attorney, oh my gosh, that's not spiritual, but go do it, you'll make a lot of money. And, and but if what if we told our children, you can be anything God calls you to be, and you're no less than the pastor that was called to be a, a full time pastor or anything else, and 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 we support you in that mission, whatever God. What if we encouraged our children? We would have more Christian doctors, more Christian lawyers, more Christian judges, more Christian. Uh, I mean, you name it, and then. How much better will the world be? It's almost like when Jesus said uh, that, that we are salt and that we are light. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like sometimes we got all the salt in one shaker. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord <laughs> desires to spread the salt out yeah. so that it's salty all over. And so we got little, little, little hot spots of saltiness, whereas the other, other areas. So 
I feel like for, and I keep saying the world of politics or the world of government, government leadership, there's just very, very little salt sprinkled out there. What if the salt was spread more evenly than, than, and, and we had, we had leaders, powerful, spiritual, and they saw their work. They saw their, their practice, their medical practice. They saw their law firm. They saw their, whatever that is as a mission to God. And that's the way they operated it. And we encouraged them to do so. And we didn't, we didn't downgrade them because they chose that profession over a pastoral or a JD or a, or a, uh, 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 a theology degree. Mm-hmm. My mind goes back to something that we say all the time. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit to be a minister. I believe that in the Christian calling that each and every one of us are ministers of the gospel. If you have the Lord living in your life and the fruit of that will be seen in the things that you do, you may not stand on a pulpit and minister to a group of individuals on a Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, whatever that looks like, but you are a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. because Christ lives in you, and as you live in this world, you're going to be put under a microscope, and everyone's going to be looking at you because there's going to be something different about you. Yep. So I agree a thousand percent in what you're saying. Lord, let more lawyers, let more politicians, let more of every job there is be saturated by you. Let more of you come into every aspect of it because we're all ministers. Yep. Every one of us, yep. we're ministers of the gospel. That's why that, that's why God is such a diverse God. He loves diversity. He loves to diversify and he, he saturates that throughout the entire world organization, leadership, you name it. That's the God we serve. Mm. He's so diverse. Wow. Love that. Well guys, we're going to button this up. Um, what what a great what a great conversation here. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm going to end this podcast today with a question. A question for all of us to think about. You want to you have to have a surgery. You need your HVAC worked on. Your plumbing's messed up. Your car. Your vehicles <laughs> keeps making this noise and breaking down on the road. Yeah. You have this 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 um, lawsuit that's come up, and, and and you don't know what to do. You have to hire somebody for all of these things. Who do you want to hire? Somebody who's out for the paycheck. You want to hire somebody who's uh, trying to promote their career, or do you want to hire somebody who they're going to work on that car, not like they're working for you, or not like they're working for their company, but they're going to work on that plumbing, that car, that HVAC, that case, that surgery, like they're doing it unto the Lord. I Mm. promise you, you're going to want to hire that person because they're going to put a little more extra into it because they're doing it for worship. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully you can rewind this and play it again. And uh, in the meantime, let's get to work. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.